Welcome to episode 488 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a captivating conversation with activist, public intellectual, founder and director of the Common Sense Revival, and aspirant U.S. presidential candidate, Kurt Schottko. We talk with Kurt about his views on the two-party system, affordable housing, opening your heart, gun violence, energy systems, Stalin giving every child a chance, historian Howard Zinn, eco-psychology, the normal life, Mother Jones, rhythm against rage, orgasms, and having fun. A great conversation with Kurt Schottko this go-round. We have an EWSA titled A Boy, and we share an essay by Marnie Azzarelli titled Parasocial Activity. We have an EW poem called Power and Influence. All of this, of course, will be infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it. Episode 488 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. Well, now the days grow longer 
My love grows stronger A fever gets worse Every day I got the fever for this girl He's got the fever First page of a new book, a continuation of this narrative as I see it and feel it today. 
the crispness and straight of the surface is comfort and direction into the bird song kingdom and the cars trucks the dogs their humans barking talking the morning cool dew on the grass and through the open window in this study I remember when I was a younger man, lost, I would wake up in the morning to shoot some hoops at nearby Sherwood Park. When I was just a little boy in the early 1970s, I remember my mother taking me and my little sister to Sherwood for a summer outside camp. It was most likely filled with games and such, Though what I recall vividly is the arts and craft. I remember making a ceramic bust the size of a paperweight of an Indian chief with full headdress. I remember painting the feathers all different colors. It's at my parents' house in my childhood bedroom that I shared with my little brother. It sits on the shelf of a bookcase our father built. All the low down summer there was nothing there to lift you You couldn't see just how much pain there was to sift through And I stopped asking how bad the world is broken Cause no one's circumstances are ever really chosen I guess it's a comfort living your delusion It makes me sad to see the kind of drugs you're using The fear and anger, waves and waves of grief I don't know how you missed it, your hero is a thief so come on down and claim your prize It's nothing like they advertise No one makes it out alive Waking up again when I can't find a reason I told you the truth and you told me it was treason I'm thinking back on all your pretty petals Before you felt there was this score you had to settle so come on down and claim your prize 
Kurt Schottko, is that you? Correct, yes. Here and glowing. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. Kurt Schottko is an activist, a public intellectual, founder and director of the Common Sense Revival, aspirant U.S. presidential, excuse me, aspirant U.S. presidential candidate. It's so nice to have you on Troubadours and Rock on Tours, Kurt. Thanks for your effort. And you have to include the founder of the Freedom and Independence Party, because not only am I attempting to become a president of the United States, but I feel that we need to also address the two-party duopoly, or if we want to call it, we have a, a, a problem with corporate control of the two-party system, and we the people are not being served, so... Yeah, I, I I understand where you're coming from there. The two-party system kind of, in a way, limits limits us to a great extent. Us, we the citizens, and our choices, viable choices. Like right now, you 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 are um, th- working to run for president in the party that you're you're a, a founder of, the Freedom and Independence Party. But a lot of folks would say, you know, there's no way that this person could win, even if I support their platform and we're going to get into that in a, in a second so they won't seriously consider you because they might look at their vote as being wasted i, I presume right even bernie sanders someone as big as him uh people would for for a time were saying yeah he's great but i i don't think he could win so i'm not going to waste my vote what do you think of that men- mentality is that re- do you think that's a justified mentality and one we can't get away from given the two-party system it depends on how bad it gets in the future, I would say. <clears throat> I would say that the younger people 
the um, Gen Z people are the people I'm trying to talk to. So I'm beginning something with a bunch of ideas. I did run for the U.S. House of Representatives in 2002 as a Green, and that gesture also felt foolish in some ways, but it was a gesture of love for this country. So you just, you know, the time has come for good ideas, and I'm just going to promote those things, and running for president is a vehicle to promote the ideas, which are more important, really, than anything. We want to talk about solutions, which, again, we're not really getting solutions to most of our issues that I see from either party, from nobody. I mean, even Bernie didn't provide, and I, and I think that they put the kibosh to him. You know, he was actually doing very well. But anyway, that's another debate. Our election system is problematic and faulty and filled with secret money. So well, what, we what are, a weird system here. Yeah, I, I hear you. What, what are some of the issues? You mentioned the issues. Uh, that uh, we as as a society face, what are those big issues? Well, I, we could start with basic human needs, right? We could have affordable housing. We could have wellness care, national wellness care is what I call it. We could have uh, a whole bunch of situations in regards to nutrition and mental health care, which is done with a lot of pills. Uh, we have to talk about the failed drug war, we have to talk about gun violence, which I think is primarily a suicide and a, a drug war issue, for example. Those are interrelated. Most of the gun violence comes from those two factors. We could talk about our energy system, our faulty energy grid, our, our being trapped by the fossil fuel companies, uh, while there's so many other solutions waiting for us. Uh, we could talk about um, our election system, for example. We, we should not be voting on computers. You know, Stalin said it's not who votes that matters, it's who counts the votes. And who counts the votes in America? Computer systems, which anyone who knows about computers knows that if it's connected to the Internet or the phone line, it can be hacked. And, it, and that conversation's not happening either. So, I mean, I could just go on and on. There's like, critical thinking-based schooling. The Common Sense Revival is promoting critical thinking and positive psychology in an effort to create human resilience. So we don't see any of this happening. We have a, an absolute crisis in mental health in our young people. Who is providing any solutions? Do you hear any? I don't at all, to be honest. Well, you know, uh, and that's a horrible tragedy. The, yeah, I again, I hear you, and I, 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 I just want to share my before we go further. I have to share what my slogan is: "Give every child a chance." So that is the basic operating goal. Give every child a chance and whatever that might mean to people. Clean air, healthy food, exercise, a whole bunch of things. So that's, yeah, had to get that out. Sorry. No, no, I like it. Uh, when you you come up with ideas and criticisms uh, of, of society, where do you get your information to understand what actually is, is going on? Oh, that's complex. I, I gave up television when I was 15, so I don't have a TV, but I mostly use print media and the inner, or the uh, the radio, to be honest, plus the Internet. I was just listening to uh, the Democracy Now! program that was featuring Howard Zinn, uh, Zintennial. He, he would have turned 100 in uh, August 24th, and he wrote The People's History of the United States. Yeah, great book. So what was that? That, that was an analysis of the hidden history that 
it really provides the actual dynamic. You know, they were talking about Mother Jones and uh, her work with the coal miners. And, you know, her speech that was in the programming I was just listening to was so exciting because I was confronted by Lackawanna County sheriffs yesterday on the, the bidding of the La Festa committee to throw me off of public property. While I was a presidential candidate doing a free speech vigil, my protest signs were there, and I turned and faced them. And so, so did a whole bunch of other guys and, and, and gals that showed up automatically, people I didn't even know. So that was, uh, that was a profound moment. Sorry, my, my mom is calling through. <laughs> anyway, so you have to turn and face this stuff. And if we don't do it together calmly, I think the world is just going to continue to get worse and worse. So anyway, yesterday was very inspiring, but very troubling as well, because the the, the they let you go, right? Mean. They let you go. You you gave them uh, uh, your your uh, the basis as you saw it for your your right having a right to to speak at the county courthouse, and uh, you also shared with them the ramifications they would face uh, as public employees if they took away your rights, and they then backed down, didn't they? Yes, and and it was really profound to actually have to do that. And I was, I've was i been arrested about 20 times in around that square. Uh, a courthouse square has been a free speech zone since the beginning of the Republic, and it's a very sacred place for people to come and talk about things. That's really what this the society actually needs, and uh, not just on the social media. But anyway, they uh, I, I, I have to become a lawyer to do this. I'm pro se in IFP, which means uh, informal pauper. I basically donated most of my adulthood, but that means that I can now sue people once I complete my knowledge about how to do that. I, I did a jury trial in Lackawanna County about 15 years ago. But anyway, you cannot really protect your rights if you don't have certain skills. So right. we're working on that, and you can't really find lawyers to challenge the police. It's It's been a long-term problem for me and for other social activists you know, you think you live in a, in a free country and, and have the rights to do different things until you actually try to use them. And you'd be surprised how strange everything becomes very quickly. Well, so, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're right. And, I, you know, I look at you. You're about my age. You're younger, a little bit younger. You're middle-aged. And you're a very bright man. And you could be doing a lot of things that would fill your pockets with money. Yet you choose to be a social activist, to question a lot of things that people don't want questioned, authority in, in particular. Uh, you know, some folks probably wonder why you do it. You know, why why go this route when you could use your intelligence very good question. to be maybe, you know, more comfortable? Uh, well, at a certain point, you become so deeply involved in social change and studying and being a public intellectual that normal life is really kind of no longer possible in some ways. Now I am working on business ideas. I'm an entrepreneur. One of my ideas is uh, local food and energy. It's kind of like a direct marketing, sort of the Tupperware company for alternative and green technologies. Oh, so excellent. I'm not, I, I'm not against, yeah, I'm not against being successful financially at all. Uh, but I, I just feel that some people, and I, and, and I call myself an autodidact. Well, that's a person who's self, self-taught self primarily. And I've been studying history and 
biology and all kinds of things for decades. And you, you become, you come to a point where you feel I have to become this voice of reason and, and science, you know, in a world that is very strange, irrational, non-scientific. Most of the people around us don't seem to have a grasp at all of what's going on. Does it ever make you, you feel know, like you're nuts? Does it ever make you feel like you're crazy? It is a lot of that, you know? I, I know that I'm not, but... No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I think you're very <laughs> sane. I think you're very bright. But I know, I mean, I, I, sometimes it happens to me, and I'm not nearly as deeply involved as you, when I'm looking around and going, how come people don't see this? Why don't people question this? Is it me? Am I nuts? Am I missing something? You can't make this up. I, I probably say that every day. So, yeah, I, well, critical thinking goes, it goes back to our school system. I think a lot of people don't feel confident in their ability to understand necessarily, like all kinds of different topics. So they, they'll leave that up to the experts or they'll just turn away. Or right now, I think in general, our world is so disturbing, they can't handle it. Like I, I have to, and I'm not a counterculture person. So while I study the real evil that is in our world, I also try to have a lot of fun and I think that's part of the, the health that you need to carry the weight of the world, to put it in that way. Uh, I, I wanted to quickly mention Rhythm Against Rage, which is my drum circle violence prevention program. So if, if people use music and drumming in particular, you can really break through a lot of the insane feelings that present themselves when you're dealing with this population. I mean, America, we're the most powerful people that have probably ever walked the earth to be honest. And most of us have no real concern about that, that our hands of, of the, are holding the reins of the future in some ways. And what are we doing? Messing up, screwing off, watching stupid football, to be honest, to be, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm very critical of the football slash military type culture that we're heading into now. It's football season and it's like a national religion, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but it takes that more, it takes the warrior energy, right? So my warrior energy, and I, and I grew up playing football, that energy was then turned into activism. And I think that there is a, an effort by our society to, to take that male energy, the warrior type, and there's females as well that have that, but I think the men have always been the protectors of our, of our tribe. And it takes them and turns it into gambling and football nonsense and distractions and and as a consequence, our, our people are not really good citizens right now. One of my signs asks, are local schools making good citizens? And I, w I would say the answer is no, sadly. So. I agree. And <laughs> you mentioned your signs, people that don't know you. I've known you for years because we live in the same community, north, northeastern Pennsylvania. And you've uh, many, many, uh, at many events brought these signs that you crafted yourself, hand-painted signs that... Uh, uh, depict, showcase very provocative uh, statements, and uh, and and you know you ru you ruffle the feathers of a lot of people, and I, that's the whole point. Uh, so I just want people to know that's one of the things that you, you know one one of the ways you are an activist is by by provoking through through uh, compelling statements on on colorful signs in public spaces at events, public events like yesterday, you were at. Uh, an Italian festival, La Festa Italiana in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. 
on the courthouse square where there were thousands of people with your signs and people are walking by and anybody mean to you yesterday? No. And that's awesome. You know, and I don't, I don't harass anybody. I, I get out of the way of the La Festa. They do it. At, people walk on the sidewalk. I'm well in on the grass in an area that's not being occupied by anybody else. So I'm trying to be very respectful of what's happening there. I'm there to just to talk to people and the positive energy that I get from people is amazing. I mean, once you get into this social activist public conversation thing, it's so exciting. It's, I mean, I can't tell you, I was actually just telling my mother before I went yesterday, it's, it's when I actually get to be who I really am. And, uh, right. That's a powerful hobby, I guess, to put it that way. Now, my, my new sign, in addition to the Freedom and Independence Party sign yesterday, said that people who force rape and incest victims to give birth are domestic terrorists. So that's a very provocative statement. Yes, it but is. I've been, a, I've been focused on the abortion issue since March of 93 when I made a banner that said masturbation clinic in terms of uh, the Pennsylvanians for Human Life. Right, and, and, and a lot of people get a good laugh about it. So I was trying to say, hey, nobody wants abortions, but everybody wants to have orgasms. And, and I'm a, I call myself a rational sex activist because I acknowledge that biology has created a system where we're, we're all kind of obsessed over it. And if we don't channel it into healthy ways, it turns into unplanned pregnancies and high teen pregnancies. Our... our our STD and teen pregnancy rate is off the charts compared to like other more industrial places. Like it's, it's nuts what we do here with this. So oh, I agree anyway. with you. I agree with you. And, and the, the uh, organization you mentioned, Pennsylvanians for human life, I believe they're uh, anti-abortion, uh, very, very staunch advocates, powerful group actually uh, nationally. Um, and, and yeah, masturbation is like a dirty word to a lot of people. Uh, orgasm is like, oh, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. I think... Uh, no! That's I, yeah. And it is natural. You're right. I have a God loves sex sign. What, what's that? You're right. It is It is totally natural. To, if to, we acknowledge it yeah. and, and, then, and then try to, again, direct it towards where it's, it's supposed to be, in a sense. Like, when we talk about abortion with the anti-abortion people... They don't believe in safe sex. They don't believe in birth control. They don't believe in sex for pleasure, generally. And I think that that conversation we should have forced. See, the pro-choice community has not talked about birth control or these other issues that I'm bringing up. And I'm not sure why. I mean, I guess it's embarrassing to say these words. I don't know. But I think birth control should be free. And, and like a condom costs a dollar. And I asked, I was talking to a couple, I was there last night till 1130, speaking to this very Catholic uh, couple and about abortion. And I asked her, I said, should birth control, should, should condoms be free? And she said, no. And I said, what if it prevents an abortion? Mm. And she, you know, like, what kind of mind is that to mm. me? Yeah. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Why don't we try to prevent problems rather than like have crisis care or, you know, a lot of these mentally ill kids, if they had healthy, fun childhoods, I don't think they would become the drug addicts and the violent people that we're, we're seeing now. 
Right, or if they had people, if they had, if they had counselors around uh, that were easily accessible and, and uh, free, then they'd have someone to help them out too. Well, not just a counselor. I'm not against. Uh, I personally, I'm counseling is definitely needed for sure, and that the last last resort you would go towards psychiatry, but magnesium, vitamin D, for example, are, are major components to mental health. But but talking is great. But so is exercise. So is like I've been talking about how the music programs and art programs in our schools primarily benefit the very elite people and the sports programs. So if we change them to where you have drum circle uh, opportunities or whatever, things that are much lower technically to do, but still have the fun and the activity, you know, I'm self-taught musician and you can have a blast and you don't have to be trying to play a concert piece. So anyway, my point is that type of thing going out in nature also there's something called eco psychology i would say a lot of these young people never go for a hike in the woods ever right so right you know you and i grew up in a beautiful place up here we're surrounded the pocono mountains are unbelievably beautiful and powerful and i would say a lot of the people that live in scranton in the valley they never get to see it right it's weird so. and people come from like new york city and philly just to get a taste of it uh, yeah, and and we're surrounded by this beauty, and I'm and I'm for example, is there any program in our local public schools to do that, to get them out to the pub, the, the state parks? Which, and I don't think there is. Just to put that on the table, I don't think there's any effort. By the way, folks, out. we're talking to Kurt Schottko. He's uh, an activist, public intellectual, founder and director of the Common Sense Revival and uh, aspirant U.S. presidential candidate for a party that he founded, uh, the Freedom and Independence Party. Now, if people wanted to get in touch with you, uh, learn more about your candidacy and the work you're doing as an activist, how could they do so? That's a very good question. (laughs) Some of these things are requiring me to have actual internet and a studio. And I because of my income level these last years, it's been a challenge. So that is my immediate goal to set up a studio and I can start doing podcasts. I need to set up a website for the Freedom and Independence Party. And all those things are in motion right now. So uh, right now you can Google Kurt Schott or I can give you a Gmail. K-U-R-T dot S-H-O-T-K-O at gmail.com. Um, so I'm sorry if I don't have a more sophisticated answer, but <laughs> no, that being works. An activist is a challenge. I I don't have any, I do this for free, so there's nobody really helping no, me to get this work done. Man. Kurt, I'm totally <laughs> impressed by you. I do, and I respect you. You do good work, well, important you. work. You know, and yeah, please. Uh, but it is helpful. That means a lot to me. You know, kind words really go a long way, and instead of being laughed at, because quite often you do feel like you're a jester or something. And and I was actually going to Google or study, not, I hate to use that word, but where did court gestures come from? Because apparently they were able to tell the truth. Right. Right. On some levels. So, so that's what I'm trying to do is, is be cheerful, have fun and tell really important truths to the American people so that we can hopefully change direction. Because I, I'm afraid if we don't do something soon this country is going to be utterly ruined and the world too like we're in we're in a very powerful moment in humanity and i'm not sure if we're up to it and that's kind of my work really in a 
in a nutshell, can we, can we rally the team, you know? And I'm a party DJ also, and I know what it's like to build a dance floor, to create something that is like magic out of nothing, if that makes any sense. Like that human spirit of dance can bring us all together, right? Yes. That's kind of what I'm trying to do, but, but, but with, you know, so that's kind of what we're trying to do. And so the next step that in my project is to create Chautauquans. So the Common Sense Revival is a modern Chautauqua, and if you want to study that, look that up. It was an adult education movement uh, from the 1870s into the 1920s that was started as a Sunday school teacher training, but it went on to have like a thousand of these around the country. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt called it the most American thing in America. Uh, so it was adult education before there were colleges around, and uh, it was built on the Lyceum movement, which goes even earlier. So anyway, we're going to try to start setting them up in public parks. We're going to have the Rhythm Against Rage. I'll set up my signs. We can have speakers. I'm going to try to network with other nonprofits and, and have create a happening, I guess, as they would have called it in the 60s. Yeah, and I, I, I'm so going to... That's a great goal. I'm going, to, I'm going to spell the the word Chautauqua for people in case they want to look it up. It's C H A U T A U Q U A, Chautauqua movement. Um, so we we have a couple of minutes left. Believe it or not, you have a great energy, a lot of things to talk about. But in the, in a couple of moments, why don't you give people who maybe are hearing what you're saying but don't know what to do about all of the the uh, the problems, the challenges, the issues, the overwhelmingness of it all. Give them a little bit of something to, to work with uh, until next time we talk. Okay, great. I, I ask everybody to do an hour a week for the public good, whatever that might mean. Study something serious. Here's a mental exercise. What would your protest sign say if you were to have one? Everybody can think about an issue. How would you characterize it? One of my friends that I met uh, along my protest adventures, uh, she said, if everybody felt, everyone would know. So opening your heart is part of this challenge because you cannot really have compassion or empathy for the struggle of this world if you have closed your heart. So, you know, they, 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 Jesus talked about turning the other cheek. Well, you can't turn your back either. And I would say that that's really part of that process where you have to acclimate yourself also to, to knowing how bad it may be out there. So that's going to be, you almost have to get shock absorbers. How's that sound as an analogy? You have to train your mind to handle the suffering that is around us. And uh, so that's part of it. Open your heart, try to understand, have conversations. And, you know, ultimately I think we're probably going to have to all start going out on public property and protesting because I don't see how it's ever going to change. Nothing's changing it now and it's getting worse and worse. So protest works. That's why the first amendment exists. It's really there. So use it, learn about it. One of my ideas is a, a class in protesting like a mandatory class across the country. Every senior would have to make a protest sign, figure out where they could use it, what it would say. And that, that mental exercise is powerful. So I'm not sure if that's helpful, but that's very helpful. Every gesture matters. How's that sound? <laughs> every gesture. Love is the movement. Love is the movement. I I, I love I love it. I love it, Kurt. Uh, I think um, oh. you're you're we're we're fortunate to have you uh, in our community, and 
I I look forward to talking with you again soon. Good luck with with everything, and uh, and we'll see you out and about. Yeah, I'll touch. I'll let you know what's happening, and hopefully we'll have this by early by spring. We'll have our common sense revival Chautauqua system in place, and we'll be having events. Uh, great, I'm forward to that. And you can check out Kurt Shotko on YouTube. You can see some of my work. Kurt Shotko again is K U R T S H O T K O. Check him out on YouTube. See some of his work. Email him. And uh, we'll have you again on the program in the spring once you have some of that stuff together. That sounds great. Thank you so much for your time today. God bless you, and uh, and thanks for your effort to, to communicate with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Kurt. Take care. Well, have a good day. Bye-bye.
I know too much about celebrities. Not just normal things, mind you, and, and by normal or my perceived sense of normal, I mean things like their creative projects or whatever basic history you can get off of IMDb. No, no, no. I, I mean I know a disturbing amount of intimate celebrity life details. Whether most of these are true or not is beside the point. From the days of stealing my mom's star magazines to scrolling through endless online message boards, my obsession for not just rumor but every quirky aspect of my celeb crushes grows until I just know too much, get bored, and move on to the next. Now, my obsession is not a point of pride by any means. My teenage love for certain, usually male characters in movies or TV, bled into my need for learning every detail of their personal lives, turning it from fangirling over a fictional person to fangirling over an adult male twice my age. And that can be a lot weirder than it sounds. Sometime around 2014, while scrolling through Tumblr pages looking at the same three fan-edited pictures from a recent Tom Hiddleston interview, I realized something. I saw comment after comment from women like me who somehow thought they had a connection with a person on a screen a few inches away from their face. They wrote how, about how sweet he probably was in person, or how he probably smelled amazing, or how they sold plasma to get tickets to see him on stage in London. Extreme, maybe, but you get the idea. We thought that our lives could somehow intertwine with the lives of these celebs if only we knew enough about them. That, my friends, is a parasocial relationship. Some of us have merely dipped our toes into such relationships, while others almost didn't graduate college because of them. <clears throat> but over the last few years of us wading through a worldwide crisis, I, and others, have started to see celebrity in a different light. Instead of fantasizing over suave actors with perfectly quaffed hair who always choose the right words, we got to really see them, stuck in their homes through grainy Zoom feeds that do nobody justice. For once, they were in the same situation as us normal folk. Well, besides the millions of dollars in luxury mansions. Instead of loving them unconditionally, we made fun of them when they showed how fake they could be. No one talk about Lennon's Imagine in front of Gal Gadot. After the Me Too movement and the numerous workers from stage and screen coming forward about abusive directors and talk show hosts, no one talk about Ellen, we're slowly peeling back the layers of glamour in Hollywood to show its altogether human core. That's the thing about parasocial relationships. You are so sure you know a celebrity because of interviews, songs, or even quippy Twitter posts. But the thing is, you don't. I could be negative and say, you're getting what they want you to see. Every celebrity is a crafted myth. But like my teenage obsessions, I've tried to leave most of my cynicism behind. So I'll just say, all celebrities are humans. And all humans try to show you their best face whenever they can. There are obviously some public figures who feed off attention, whether good or bad, and some who are so removed from normal life that they don't even notice or care how people perceive them. But generally, celebrities, like most people, just want to be liked. I'll keep that in mind whenever I do find myself Googling some new celeb I'm drawn to. Sorry, Pedro Pascal, you're next. No matter what, I'm not going to know who they are as a person. I can, however, cheer them on, hold them accountable, and empathize with them, knowing full well that a parasocial relationship isn't really a relationship at all. Now, if only people would leave John Mulaney and Olivia Munn alone. Mm -hmm.
Power and Influence Bowling pin on a windowsill next to a clear, empty vase. 
a postcard of Jack Kerouac on the circuit breaker box, held there by a green, yellow, blue, and white magnet from and depicting Gariatti in Calabria. I remember Zia Gina. She made me feel special. The love sometimes is deep and fleeting, yet its power and influence lasts forever.
And there you have it, episode 488 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, Kurt Schottko, writer and actor Marnie Azzarelli, our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavise, and these musical artists. Thelonious Monk, Bruce Springsteen, John Moreland, The Grateful Dead, S.G. Goodman, Sarah Vaughn, Terrence Blanchard, and Brantford Marsalis, too. And of course, I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.